The Athen Real Talk podcast explores controversial ideas to stimulate debate and active thinking. These ideas do not always reflect Athen's personal views. Welcome to the Athen Real Talk podcast. He has been called the best gamer in the world, hands down. World famous gamer and philanthropist Athen. Gaming for good, it's called, has raised more than $20 million. Using his notoriety to raise money for charity. On activism, science, culture, and self-development. I'm proud to have him in the studio today. would not want to take you on in a video game. Dunkel Welping says, Athene, please tell us something that can enhance our lives, like the choiceless awareness, the meaning of life, of how to strengthen the neural pathways. Those were the things that had the most impact on me so far. Drunkle Welpling, let me tell you something. What has the most impact on you is not the same thing as what has the most impact on other people. Because you can compare it with a radio. You tune in and depending on the frequency, the music will play, songs will play. So when I'm talking all day, every day, some things that vibe really good with you won't be vibing very good with other people. And vice versa. And uh, that is why for me it's very hard to be able to just fine-tune and find the exact right code to inspire everyone. Because if that was the case, we would already all be enlightened, to put it that way, because it would already be out there. But the reason why it's not is because every person is its own radio and has its own frequency. You've got to really fine-tune your communication in a very certain way to have that impact, to have that hit See, when you talk what did a lot to you, choices, awareness, meaning of life, it's really hard for me to know what exactly else would really click with you. Maybe the simple click would also click with you. I guess a simple click would click with you. Like you can look up neuro-awareness. It's a video I put on my channel. It's basically being aware about your awareness. How do I do a research? It depends what you mean. For example... You want to do research about neuroscience, very wide subject. How do you do it? You first wonder, why do I want to do research in neuroscience? Because I want to understand more about the brain. But what specifically do you want to understand more about the brain? If you start reading about the brain, you will read about neurotransmitters, about all the neurons. It's almost like going to university. You read about that day in day out and don't learn so much. So what do you specifically want to study? And if you find and you define that, say, I want to understand consciousness, you just look up like brain relations to consciousness. You do research, you read upon it, you make connections, you get the information. If there is something you don't understand, you look that up. The internet is beautiful for that. You can absorb so much information so fast and make so many connections. If it's about science, like Einstein's special general activity, you just look it up, you read articles about it. Wikipedia is really good. I like Wikipedia a lot. But you can watch documentaries, you can read books, although I'm not so much a book reader. Kadenka says, hey, Athena, I really got to tell you, I'm really fed up with life at the moment. Work is bullshit. University is bullshit. I need that money, but accounting is soul crushing. Is that what my life is? Kadenka, that's you realizing that the system sucks and that social conditioning doesn't lead to happiness. And that's a good thing. Questioning those things is a good thing. You got to find some really constructive replacements, though. You can't just go like the world is shit. Fuck it all. Let's get high. You can't do that. You have to still be responsible. So how do you replace all that bullshit? If you want to replace it, you do right action stuff. You can help people. You can be more activist-oriented, volunteer. You can't just say the world is shit. No. It's very easy to break things down. It's very hard to build things up. Entropy, basic law in physics, also applies to life. It's easy to say everything is shit. 
the keys to know how to build things up. Megan, Athene, would you have any tips for processing information faster? Okay, that's another question than what you said earlier. Solving math equations faster. You were very, very good at math, so maybe you have learned how to use your brain better or something. How? Why? Megane, yes, there is a way. And it's called training your brain. If you want to be better at math, do a lot of exercises and enjoy them. The more you enjoy them, the more passionate you're about it, the better you get at it. Because your brain tends to like things it likes. Memorizes it easier and stuff. They did a study with people that have to just imagine them playing piano and people actually learning piano. And the ones that were thinking about it were improving almost as fast as people that were actually playing it. And that explains if you're passionate about something and you go to bed and you still think about it, your brain is still getting better at it even if you're not on your PC. And that's why if you're really passionate about things, you will learn them much faster because you keep doing it. Not because your brain is much better at it, but just because it is more flowing neural activity through those pathways and strengthening them even if you're not actually doing it. Meganya says, you forgot to answer my last questions. How do you one find his or her passion? Mr. Meganya. To me, it's not about finding your own passion or hobby. To me, it's about doing what is right and understanding who you are. Self-knowledge, self-insight and putting that to practice. That is what should be central. Because certain people can go like, yeah, what is my passion? Is it a musician? Is it playing games? That's not what it's about. It's about doing the right thing. It's about doing what you're designed to do. And what you're designed to do is to evolve. And you don't evolve by just sitting on your lazy ass doing jack shit. You evolve by seeing things in a bigger picture, by moving forward, by helping yourself and others, by being a good person. And that should be your passion. That should be everyone's passion. So that is my opinion. The more mainstream fabricated answer is try to figure out what you really want in your life and try to frame it and shape it in a way that contributes to yourself and society. Prevention says, don't tell me how to live my life. I find that really interesting. Prevention, I know that it's slightly sarcastic that you say that, but there's a lot of people that would say that. And the thing is, I'm not telling you how to live your life. I'm telling you what living life means and why you are able to live your life and why you live in the first place. Because without biology and evolutionary biology, you wouldn't even exist. So, of course, it's not even about a question what you want with, based on your limited awareness and your limited insight about culture and knowledge and all that. It's about going deeper, seeing things for a bigger context, seeing what you are, consciousness, what is consciousness, what is your brain, what brings about your brain, what brings about the consistency of what you are. And when you start looking at that, it has a very strong arrow and it's following that arrow that what you're designed to do because that is what brings you about in the first place. If it wasn't for that, you wouldn't even be able to think. You wouldn't even be able to create memories. Even if it wasn't for the laws of nature, you wouldn't even be able to, to think. So, of course, following those and following in those footsteps is what you're designed to do. And that is not crazy to say. It's just what you are. And it's because of a lack of insight and a lack of awareness that we are confused and we think like, oh, maybe I should do that. Maybe I should buy a movie. Maybe I should... All those things that you think you might do or might not do have been socially indoctrinated. It's not even your choice. You just evolved and that's it. Nakarami says, I think a huge problem for entrepreneurs is that they have the intellectual capacity but they are too lazy. Do you agree? And how do you make yourself more productive? No. People that are very intelligent can override their laziness. So if you're a lazy guy and sits on your ass 
then you're less intelligent than that same version of you that wouldn't sit on his ass. It's like the kind of stuff that I know some intelligent people love to do. The reason why I'm like this is because I'm very intelligent, but most of the time that is just backwards rationalized because a better version of yourself would do it different, so he's even more intelligent. Because that means you're not in control over what you want and who you are. It means you're less capable. Stade says, but technically that's not intelligence, that's someone making a wrong choice. Stade it depends how you define intelligence. There's many definitions. For me, intelligence is how you deal with knowledge and how your actions are shaped based on that knowledge and how you are thinking and tackling problems and solving them. In a sense, being lazy is also a problem. And if you can tackle and solve it in a very intelligent way that makes you more intelligent than someone that experiences the problem of laziness and doesn't know how to deal with it. Inside in people, inside in yourself, all those things are, for me, intelligence. What would be the easiest or fastest way to do it? So to reprogram yourself, neuroplasticity, you do it all the time. It's not so much about how to reprogram yourself because you're getting reprogrammed all the time. Let's say someone comes to you and takes your mouse, does a certain button combination, throws it and it explodes and goes like, you could have died. At that moment, you reprogram yourself immediately and go like, a mouse is dangerous. And you might say, but what are you saying? This doesn't make sense. It happens all the time. You get reprogrammed all the time with your experiences, with people talking to you, with me talking to you. It happens all the time. The thing is, do you have control over it? And how do you get control over it? How do you get control about reprogramming yourself? And that you do by being self-aware, by being mindful, by looking to yourself and being mindful about the connections you make has a drastic impact on who you are. And you know what's fascinating? Last time I was watching God is in the Neurons and damn straight, I say it even better in the documentary than I could say it here in real talk. Watch God is in the Neurons, check all the links and meditate on it. It's such a good documentary, man. Deficit says, the team, what do you think about morality? Do you think it is important for society to keep some boundaries? I think, well, you're saying two different things in, in this question. You say like, on one end, you talk about morality and then you think about whether it's important for society to keep certain boundaries. But morality and boundaries in society are two different things. Stupid laws can go against morality. They can also be laws that go for morality. So it's not because there is a law that therefore is moral. Moral is more like values. It's more deep values. In society, boundaries is more like the law. So it's two different things, uh, two different things you're talking about. So on one end, what do I think about morality? I think morality is very important it's more like the emotional calibration with reality that allows you to act responsibly and to make it so that humanity as a race can move forward. That is morality in a nutshell. And that can also be seen rationally when you understand why the empathic part of the brain is part of our brain. If it wasn't there and it wasn't useful for evolution, we wouldn't have any kind of emotion or kind of morality. But the reason why we have it is because that is the way that biology, that evolution, has actually implemented a sense of caring about each other because it increases your survival. And even from a rational mindset, increase of survival is part of the equation and therefore taking care and helping each other will also be the case if you would program us properly in a machine. Because people tend to really see emotions and rationality as two different things. They are the same thing. The only difference between emotions and rationality is that emotions is the uh, way that evolution has come up to caring about each other without really knowing why.
because you might care for each other and go like, why do I do that? And because of survival, it's more effective. You weren't able to rationally wrap your head around it and that's why it's been there emotionally because our rational part of the brain has only been there for a very small part of evolution. You have to keep that in mind. So before that, evolution had to find a way to do it less efficiently but still in a way to cope with reality and doing that was emotionally that was biologically or evolutionally way of making us cope with reality but because of rationality being so much more effective it's become bigger and bigger part in our brain and better and better evolved but that's not because emotions and rationality are completely two different things because rationality would also imply all the positive effects and benefits of emotions if you would want to for example program a super artificial intelligence and that is something very important to know for people because sometimes people miss and see emotions as something crazy like soul and whatever while in reality emotions also have a structured logical reason why they are there because of evolution so then about social boundaries i think in society you also need boundaries like laws because you have a lot of people that just do not have the framework or have a defective uh, moral compass that allows you to be a danger for society. And then, of course, you also need to make sure in a society context that you take care of that. Do you ever find yourself having to keep yourself in check not to judge others' people even the slightest? I will be very honest to you, Fest. I used to have a big issue with that. When I was younger, I always judged people all the time. I literally judged people all the time. I had like a framework. I saw people in black and white, not nothing racist, by the way, but I just framed people as good and bad. That's it, good and bad. So this one was good, this guy was bad. This one was good, this guy is bad. And I had frameworks and I labeled things based on my beliefs. Oh, he does that, he's bad. He does that, he's good. And then when someone that is good does something bad, he goes to bad. If someone that is bad that is something good, I would still say still bad. And the thing is, it's just so limiting and it's so untrue because every person is a shade of possibilities, is a shade of personalities, is a shade of choices, is a shade between good and bad. And you can't just say, this guy is like this, this guy is like that. So judging people is a labeling issue. It's a psychological issue of trying to see people through your own eyes of identity and not seeing it through the eyes of what things are. And the moment you start looking at things for what they are, then you have less emotional interest in labeling people. So you're not going to look at someone and say like, this guy's bad or this guy did that, fuck that guy. No, you will just look at it and look at it from a practical setting. How can I improve? What can I do? This and that. Labeling starts fading away. So yeah, basically what I want to say first is that the underlying issue of labeling and judging people is a personal limitation. And it's because of identity and ego and a lack of understanding of what things are and seeing things through your own intellectual glasses. And the moment you start realizing it and you start looking at things from a third person rather than from your own intellectual compass, you start looking at it just like you look at this bottle, you don't say this bottle is evil, this bottle is that. No, you just look at the bottle and you just accept it for what it is. Same with people. You just start accepting people for who they are and you start working with them as an asset. Just like a rock or a door or an opening in the door, you go like, oh, I can just walk there and I can walk back in through that. I'm not going to walk through the wall. 
So if the person has certain walls, you will just avoid them. You will just avoid the obstacles. And that will get you much further in life than labeling people because labeling people is an own limitation. It's a very important life lesson. I've learned that by growing up. And it's much more in line with what we are. But I have to say I had a lot of issues with it. Not so much anymore though. Still sometimes rises impulsively, but I don't have so much issues with it at all. So here, the student on a low budget here but would still like to help out a bit. As someone who is interested in you and what you do and would like to come work and especially learn from you, what would you tell me? What can I do to get closer to that goal? Okay, so basically when I hear the question, Lumsis, I think immediately that if you would reach out, you would do it for the wrong reasons. And you might say like, but learning and improving myself, isn't that the best reason ever? The thing is, people coming over here, of course you learn and you grow automatically, but that shouldn't be your motivation. Your motivation should be to do good because that's what you want to do, to do good. If I would want to help people to grow, I'd be Dr. Phil and I'd have like a thousand people right now here. It's important that people that come over have the right mindset, are detached, and there's a lot of other things. They have to really have a very well-developed mindset because else it will just fall apart. And that is why I think it is so important for me to screen people very thoroughly. And that's why if you would want to come over, it's not so much about what you should do in order to oblige. It's more like figuring out what you really want and grow as a person and at a certain moment wonder and decide for yourself, do I want to do the right thing and commit myself? And if so, is working with a thing the best way to do so? And then the angle from which you come is totally different than if you would reach out to try and learn from me. Because you might as well just learn by watching the stream and the real talks. Slade81 said, so people shouldn't have sovereignty over one's own body. Uh, Slade81, I think that is a good question. But I want to put you in another situation. This is a question to you. You have a child. He's eight years old. And he comes to you and says, like, you know, you say, like, yeah, I'm not buying you an Xbox. And he goes, like, yeah, I'm really depressed. I want to kill myself. I want to do assisted suicide. Now, Papa, I want to do assisted suicide. My life is terrible. Do you have the right to tell him, sorry, little boy, you're my eight-year-old son. I ain't giving you the ability to do assisted suicide. If no, most likely you would say, like, no, no, no. He's only eight years old. Okay. Until what age? Let's say he's 18. Does he then allow? He wants to study. He wants you to pay for it. You go like, sorry, I ain't paying for that. I don't have a future. I'm killing myself. I want assisted suicide. Would you then allow it? That's what you have to think about. Because you would go like, yeah, but that's just temporarily. If he gets over it, he won't want to kill himself. It's a wrong decision. That's the thing. There's a bridge in the US. Most people that jump out of it, well, actually all people that jump out of it. Do you know what they say? It's like 5% survival rate that jump out of the bridge all of them say the moment you jump you feel like all your problems the thought that goes while they're falling the thought that goes into their head is all their problems are suddenly solvable except the one that they just made falling down for most of them it comes too late but for some of them get to live their life and go like damn son damn that's the problem if you think you have all those problems in front of you In the eyes of death, things change. Be happy that you're alive and be happy you're privileged to live in this society with all those luxuries and all those freedoms because there's other people that are in a lot 
worse shape that are more happy than you and would love to trade with you anytime, any day. Subscribe to youtube.com slash wins. Watch the live stream at twitch.tv slash live and follow the real Athene on Snapchat.